from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Ryan Young, a sales leader. Ryan, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me, Brad. Absolutely. So, you have a background in sales and uh, you've been quite an experienced sales leader for a while now. Tell me a bit about yourself and who you are and what you're up to. Okay. This is one of my favorite subjects. So strap in to hear about me. I am an engineer by temperament, but have slowly morphed out of tech and into commercial side of businesses over the last 20 years, mostly in telecom, but then Lately, I have been working for SaaS companies in Europe during the scale-up phase. I was a salesperson myself, which I think is um, how sales managers are best made. And I started as a strategic account manager in a company called Talkwalker about six years ago, doing key accounts in Northern Europe. And I took over that team and we were a SaaS B2B company and I was responsible for growing the Northern European market. And then since then, I have worked for a variety of smaller companies, um, implementing sales strategies and growing them from minimal AR to a goal that their investors have set for them. That's awesome. So sales is changing a lot, the way in which we reach out, tactics that are working, tactics that aren't. In the past year or so, what you what would you say hasn't really worked that well? And what maybe for the next year ahead are you excited to get involved in and you think is maybe the future of sales and B2B? I think that anybody on in, in, in the sales world right now is very concerned about filling the top of the funnel with demand generation and fresh, hot, convertible leads. We may have nailed our discovery process and we may have a product that people are interested in, but we are not reaching the right people. It's very difficult to prospect. No, prospecting is quite is easier than ever now. What is difficult is getting that prospect to respond to you at all because everyone has access to all these tools that are revealing who's in what role and how to contact that. And then even automating the outreach in a position like mine, I receive between 20 and 50 emails a day that are clearly automated to get my attention. And I cannot, even if something in there is good, I'm not going to wade through it. So you asked what's struggling and what I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for something, anything, to replace that next year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I feel like everyone has a Zoom info and some kind of version of a mail gun. <laughs> it's just emails out every day, all day, thousands of them. We do it. We don't have a choice, but it's super inefficient. And we have an SDR team that is daily making calls to switchboards. And that accounts for 100% of our revenue right now. And that's not none. We're doing it. It works. It's terribly inefficient. It's frustrating for the people who are in that job. And it's also frustrating for the people who are getting these calls and these emails all the time. So what's the solution to that? Like I've talked to some folks that they're like, all right, we're just focusing on calls because emails are hard. Or one guy they were leaving, I talked to, they were leaving creative voicemails. So I think there's a lot of ideas floating around. Any particularly that you're like, oh, this has worked well and we're going to double down on it? Or is it just 
scale up the team 2x and keep grinding out more calls. I have doubled down on each of these things. I have outsourced SDR, who a company might have a prospecting team in Bangladesh. They'll have their content creation team. They'll have an automated tool of their own Zoom Info Sales Loft, and then they will give me an SDR. So I've tried to outsource the whole thing. I have built up my SDR team from five to 12. I have gone all in on calls. So I check the number of calls they make a day, make sure there's 100, 120 calls per day. I have gotten my own automated software. I've given them access to Lucia and other tools to find the right people. And really overall, my conversion rate stays the same. Low like grinding it out. What's his name on the Shawshank Redemption, digging out of the prison with a rock hammer. This is what outbound sales turns into. He gets out and we get the revenue. It's just really, I don't see how to go, how to scale it really when this is the case. So what we did, I think the best thing that we did this year was hire a marketing guru, spent a lot of money on a guy who understands branding and outreach. So combining that long-term marketing brand awareness with some short-term sprints of demand generation really, I think is going to be the big change. Yeah. When did Outbound become so ubiquitous that I can't turn around without having an SDR offer me something? I don't know. I am going to spend my year trying to become relevant with my content and visibility. I agree. I think content is key. We're, we've been in that boat of a million people sending messages and half a percent respond. When we switch to content plus outbound, the response rate is like 15%. It's crazy. So I agree. I think that's super important. And what do you think is a good approach to content? What kind of stuff did your marketing guru guy like work on and create and all that stuff? The question first is, who do I want to reach? And then he doesn't worry as much about how to reach them because he's just going to, I'm going to tell him, look, the people that are buying my product are um, in this type of position at this type of seniority at this type of company. And he's going to learn to speak their language and start to look for things that are important to him, to them. So in answer to your question, the key is to be general at first, I think, so that everybody who might buy your product is a little interested in the content. Okay. But it's got to, it can't just be uh, your logo and a, hey, this is what we do. It needs to be relevant to the times and it needs to be speaking to people on a personal level. But then I like to target. So then the content at the general level needs to start to break down into verticals. So if you have universities that you target, grocery stores, FMCG, finance, there should be something that's specific to them. I get these emails every day that are like, you want more leads? And it's true. I do. I do. But if you knew one more thing about me, I might read your email. If you knew what industry I was into selling to, if you knew what country I was in, if you knew anything and 
pointed that out and maybe built your content around something that was designed to get my attention, but not just my attention because email, bold, unread emails get our attention nowadays, right? Notifications, blah, 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 but we don't actually act on any of it. The content should really grab me and make me think that I might need to be doing something different. If it's not driving my behavior. It's a waste of content. Hmm? It's just like an empty promise then. Eight people every day. Hey, I'll get you five to 10 leads a month or whatever they say. I bought the services of a company to do this and I spent quite a bit. And over the first month, we got one meeting, (laughs) one meeting. Oh man. They weren't, they didn't breach the contract because they cannot promise anything in writing because there's no, there's no way that we're going to actually get what we want. Yeah. Do you think a lot of other sales leaders have been burned out there that, they get those emails and they're like, they've tried it and it's, I don't want to do that again type of thing. Yeah. It's really funny as a sales leader, because you're this outbound that's not working on you is actually selling you the ability to do better outbound. So when you finally choose one and say, okay, I'm going to take this meeting. And then, so the outbound worked in this case, no problem. Then you give it a shot and it just doesn't work. It doesn't. And you wasted a little bit of money, but now you're back to square zero. You don't have another plan. Did it impact anything? Like I'm really curious, the Bangladesh team versus the team like you built internally, did they perform fairly similarly or was that like, don't do that again? Prospecting and outreach are separate jobs as far as I'm concerned. So what typically an SDR team does is spend maybe a day prospecting and then four days in outreach or like prospecting in the morning and outreach in the afternoon, whatever works for the team. We've gone with different cadences internally. The biggest problem with outreach calling is the prospecting is difficult to teach the exact right customer profile and how to find them and get the tools in place to make it happen. If you can outsource this, I think that's the easiest one. Prospecting can be done on a huge scale. And if you've got a team in DACA that just does nothing but that, I think that could be helpful, but then we need to get internally, we have to get those instead of an out, out outsourced SDR, because the point is that an internal SDR knows your product, knows your pitch and cares about it. An external SDR does not. So once you have the right people, what we found is we were burning those leads by giving them to an out outsourced SDR who would not actually fire up the prospect the way that we wanted. And that's only after you get them on the phone. I'm the type of person you call me, I'm either A, not going to answer or B, interrupt you before you're done with your pitch and hang up. That's a problem for outreach as well. But the to your question, prospecting in Bangladesh, I think is maybe the most effective out of all the different things that you're doing. Interesting. And by prospecting, do you mean like list building, like figuring out who you need to be reaching out to and all that stuff? Exactly. You, list building is... When you hire somebody who's going to be an SDR, they expect that they're going to be making a ton of cold calls. We, I hired a guy who was coming from door-to-door fish sales. Okay, That seemed this guy is so used to having doors slammed in his face and he just walks over with his fish to another door. He's going to just call, call, which turned out to be absolutely true. And he was booking meetings like crazy. But you know what? Wrong people. No idea who to be calling. No idea what to be saying. He was a force of nature when it got came to getting on the phone with people and getting them to come to meetings. Awesome. But if we had a separate team 
building lists that said, don't call anybody except for this list. But do you know how many SaaS companies know their ICP down to a, that granular of a level? I don't think that it's very easy to figure that out. Oh, this company, that company, I don't know, maybe call them, maybe not. And it's tempting to cast a huge net, but then you can't be specific in your content. Yeah, exactly. I think, I feel like when we hire someone new, it's a constant, like for a week or two, yes on this person, no on this person. Like when we're building lists and all that stuff, because yeah, it's interesting. People just come up with whatever person and some of them aren't like a fit at all. It might be, I think recently we had, we're going after solutions engineering titles and they put in software engineering for someone. It, it sounds similar, but they're completely different things and silly things like that will happen. Silly things like that lead to wasted weeks, days, AEs on calls that they shouldn't be on, opportunities opened, demos done, NDAs signed, hours lost. Exactly. Let's talk about analytics. I know this is a big thing for you guys and what you've done in the past and all this. How are you using data and analytics to inform the sales strategy? That's a good question. This is what leads me to know that outbound sales is extremely inefficient for me in my particular business. It's, I think it's so important, especially with the tools that are out there for internal sales tracking, that you know how much you're spending per customer, your customer acquisition cost, that you know how many hours are being spent per customer acquisition. And you know that for every phone call you make on an SDR, how many, what percentage of that turns into a customer. So when we look at it, we like to break it down by country, by industry, by SDR, and by AE. So we can start to see patterns and say, this AE is better at turning a discovery call into a qualified opportunity. This SDR has a 70% meeting attendance rate. This SDR has a 70% attended meeting to opportunity rate. We look at all these and the data starts to show us how we can improve. I think that's tautology really, but it's important to realize that the data that you're using is only as good as the people recording it. You also, it also highlights inefficiencies in your process that say, okay, the SDR has to work in your outreach platform. They also have to work in your sales management platform. And they're actually spending more time making sure I, you have data than they are making calls. But the data is so important, but the data then also tells you you're spending way too much time inefficiently capturing data. It's a really situation to be in, but what it ultimately tells me is the top of the funnel is where I'm lacking. When the CEO of the company says, look at this AE, he's got this much sales and he's doing so great. But then I show him the numbers and I say, he had this many meetings last month and he had this much sales. When we go to look at the next guy, he had this many, their conversion rate is identical. You're doing the wrong thing by praising the hell out of this AE, okay? What you need to be doing is looking at the data and getting more in the top of the funnel for this guy. So that is the kind of data that you need to realize what's working, who to praise, what to fix, who to fire, if you have to, and what things to just ditch altogether. You know what? Calling switchboards is using eight 
hours a day and is bringing you no revenue whatsoever. But you wouldn't know that because you are getting sales. And as long as you are getting your monthly quota, then you don't look at the inefficiencies. So it's important to use the data, even if you are being successful. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's good to highlight to actually capture the data too. When we hire someone in, I feel like it's constantly reminding them for two weeks, record this data and that. And because I think people want to fly and work really fast, but then What's the point if none of the data is there and none of the info is captured? <laughs> there is nothing more useful than a bunch of data that is inaccurate or missing. It's hard to make projections when there's a personality out there that is a good SDR and a good salesperson. And that personality is not really great when it comes to attention to detail. It's very hard to hire somebody who is really outgoing, gregarious, and able to make these sales and the connections in a long-term sales cycle, but also is very diligent about recording their emails and their calls in Salesforce. <laughs> they seem the opposite. I know myself, I might be outgoing, but I'm not skilled at admin and data and have to rely on the team to organize all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, as we're wrapping up here, maybe just like a recap of, there's a lot of challenges with filling the top of the funnel. What are you doubling down on in terms of strategy? What's going to happen the next year? Like where are you going to point them? point in terms of direction and all that? So I really hope to take a European company and make it well-known in the U.S. next year. So I think it's really obvious when you look at it on that scale that hiring a bunch of people and making phone calls is not going to be the way to introduce your product to the United States. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna call enough people to make that happen. I am going to push for marketing involvement. I think of marketing as sales on a grand scale. So I'm gonna nail down the messaging and I'm going to create content and hire someone who can create content. I'm not the one. And I'm gonna get it into the right distribution channels. But there's lots of channels and they're well-known and they're pretty flooded. So the content has to be outstanding. It has to be relevant. It has to be eye-catching. It has to be correct. It has to be. Ha it has to drive behavior. So I am going to make sure that content is available. It's accurate. It's eye-catching, and it calls someone to action. And they get them on my website. And then I'm gonna. And then I'm gonna have them in my funnel. I love it. That's a very awesome strategy. Well, Ryan, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining today. And highlighting some of the challenges in this space, as well as what the solution is and, and where you're moving to the future. It's my pleasure. I really enjoy talking to you, Brad. Absolutely.